that was a good way to start the morning, wasn't it? Man. I, uh, in my own personal time, I've been just finished reading the book of Revelation. And uh, if you don't anything, know anything about that book, it's a revelation. God actually gives John the ability to see beyond this world into the real eternal world. And eternal means beyond time. So yes, he gets to see future, but he also gets to see right now. Man, the whole time we were singing, all I could think of is, that's like what's going on all the time. Like right now, those who, like my mom, people that you've lost, who, who, who put their faith in Christ, they, they, they're like doing that now, like they've seen Jesus, and they're like, whoo! Oh, I don't even know what they're doing, because I'm not there. But, uh, but I know it's amazing, and here's what I want to encourage you. I, I hope today, in this moment, that there are some of you who are here, and you're just trying to maybe even figure out who God is, or if this Jesus thing could either, either be, even be real, and all the way to those of you who've been a Christian for years. But here's what I want to tell you. Our mission here at K2 is to invite you and to equip you, to invite every single one of you into this, as we call it, the adventure of following God. And for those of you who are Christians, to equip you to really be able to be on this adventure of following God. Because here's what you need to understand. Next week, Easter, right? Big day? All right, big day. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Don't miss it. And like Rhett said, bring people here as we celebrate. Because here's what happened. Is Jesus actually, through Christ, he was actually able to take the spiritual realm where God is. That's what heaven is. It's where God is. It's his kingdom. But Jesus was able to actually, as we did a whole series on this back in December, bridge the chasm between earth and heaven so that while we're here on earth, we can actually live in the spiritual realm of God's presence. That's what I want to let you know. If you're dis dis discovering or wondering what Christianity is, oh man. It is so much more than just following some rules and trying to be a good person, okay? That's not what it is. It's when the spiritual reality of God breaks through into your heart and you live now with God. That's the adventure of following him, and that's what we want to invite you to and equip you on, okay? So, series right before this one, we talked about, because what happens is when God finally gets into your life, the one who created you can now finally reveal to you who you are. Every human being on this planet is trying to figure out, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's going to fulfill me? What's going to satisfy me? Well, if God created you, he's the only one who knows who you are. So we did a whole series on that. And then what we said is, and the only way that you're going to be able to have God let you know who you are is you have to learn then to be able to hear his voice. God is a God. So three weeks ago, we started the series Voices. This is our last one today. In the first week, we talked about how, why is it that God is a God who speaks? So all of our messages are on our website. Go to K2 The Church if you want to download them. Is God a God who actually speaks? Yes. And then the week after that, two weeks ago, we talked about, well, then how can I know if it's his voice? <laughs> Which is the big question. Because what we learned is God speaks to us right in here in our thoughts. All that's in the messages in the past. And then last week, 
we talked about how can I actually develop a conversational relationship with God? So God doesn't, because he will, he'll hit you out of left field, he'll hit you when you're not even, he'll speak to you when you're not ready, but the beautiful thing about God is he really actually wants a relationship with you. He wants to be intimate with you. So you can develop an ability to hear God's voice on a regular basis, okay? And that's what we talked about last week. Today, we're going to this guy right here, okay? And we're gonna talk about the Bible. And what role does this play and our ability to actually hear God's voice. Now, before I get, dive right into that, my daughter actually uh, just revealed to me right before the service, I don't know if you guys have seen this, that two churches in Egypt were bombed this morning. Um, right now, 37 are known dead and over 100 are injured. ISIS has taken responsibility for it. And so here's what we know, okay? And this is interesting because I was gonna bring this up today. Voice of the Martyrs, okay, which is an organization that tries to help our brothers and sisters around the world who are experiencing this on a regular basis. They said, when you ask people who are persecuted and Christians, they say, what's the number one thing that you need from us? You know what they say? Prayer. They need us to pray. Okay? So I'm just going to do that right now. Would you guys all join me and, and, and let's pray? Yeah, God, we, we just come to you. Again, I think of reading Revelation, and it's just over and over again how your saints, your holy ones, those that belong to you, suffer and even shed their blood just for believing in you. And so again, this morning, another 37, and here's the good news, another 37, just saw you, Jesus, for the first time. They're good. And we thank you and we praise you for the gift of eternal life that you offer us. But God, we know that there are hundreds, family members, friends, grieving, even right now, as we meet here. We ask that you would strengthen them. We ask that you would encourage them. We ask that you would comfort them. And we ask for your presence to be real in their lives right now. And Lord, for all of our brothers and sisters all over the world who live with this potential reality at any moment, God, may you give us the hope of heaven and the hope that there is something beyond this world. So Lord, we pray for them and we pray for us right now as well that we truly would be able to hear from you and that you would do something amazing in us, something that we couldn't do on our own. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the number one thing they ask for is prayer. Do you guys know what the number two thing they ask for is? Anybody know? This. The very next thing they want after prayer. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. The very next thing they want is a Bible. And my production team wants a pastor who follows what he's supposed to do. And I totally forgot because we have something really special at the end of the service that we're supposed to take our offering right now. And because we don't want to interrupt the end of the service. So my bad. So we, our, our greeters are actually prepared to give or to, to come forward. So if, you, if you're here, and again, we say this all the time, right? The reason that we even do this offering 
again, is because we serve a God who just pours into us so much. When you study Jesus, when you study the nature of God, he just gives and gives. He's so free from himself that he just pours out. So that's what happens to a Christian is you receive and whatever you receive, you get back. And God says, well, just trust me in this. So we trust him in this. Okay. So most of us, I'll be totally honest with you. My wife and I, almost all of us now actually use electronic. It's, it's way easier. We just set up an automatic thing that comes right out of our checking account. It's just easy. And that way we're, we're always to make sure we give God right off the top, whatever he gives to us. I encourage you to do that. We also have an app on our phone that makes it super easy. You can literally give in like 15 seconds once you download that. K2 has an app, so download that, all right? And then for the rest of us who are here, we're going to take our offering, and you can just pour into that. All right, now back to my message. What they want is a Bible more than anything else. But here's what's interesting is look at this map. I want to show you this map. This was in this magazine, Voice of the Martyrs. When you look at this map, the red countries, all of the red countries, it's illegal and or highly restrictive to even own a Bible or to distribute them. You go to the orange countries, okay, the orange ones, is it's not only illegal and highly restrictive, it's actually dangerous, okay, or difficult to own a Bible or distribute them. And the brown ones, the dark ones in the middle, the only way that you, the only way the Bibles can get in are covert operations. (laughs) Everything has to be handled in a restrictive manner. So ownership and distribution of Bibles can result in torture, imprisonment, and death. And yet here's what's crazy. In these countries, people will travel for days to get to a place where someone can teach them what's in here, and then they get these and they actually risk their lives to possess one of these things. <laughs> so people are risking their lives to distribute Bibles and people are risking their lives to have them. This was an amazing uh, article, different things that are happening because they, they still are figuring out, people are gonna say, we, we're gonna get this word to people. They smuggle them in beer boxes, which I love. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. They, they now use microchips instead of like printing like this, which are big. They have microchips the size of your fingernail, right? So they can bring them in and people can't see them and they can slide them into each other's phones. My favorite story is a gal. She walks into a country and in a country where you can't, where it's totally restricted. And she walks into a place where she can have tea. She sets her bag down, but inside the bag is a device that when people search Wi-Fi, <laughs> When they find a free one and they click on it, instead of opening up a page to join the internet, it actually offers you a free download of the New Testament. And so, so they can go in there and people are like, huh, what's this? They can download a free thing of the New Testament. She picks up her bag and leaves the, the, the place. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Now, here's my question. Why are people, why are countries, first of all, why are countries banning this book. And why are people elated and ecstatic when they finally get one? And why are people risking their very lives to have one or to get it in people's hands that don't have it? Could it be that this is no ordinary book? Could it be that when you actually engage in this in the right way, 
you actually engage with God? Could it be that you can hear God speak to you when you read his word? Could it be that when people get to know God through this, that they're strengthened to live out his ways so powerfully that nations that are opposed to Jesus know that they have to keep this out of their hands? That's crazy, isn't it? And so why, when this is going on around the world, even right now as we speak, isn't this kind of, this is kind of why are we so cavalier about this book? <laughs> I, I don't know about you, I, I, I got a few of them, right, in my, in, my, in my house, you know, and they're just laying around. Some of you guys probably even have one. You go, I know I have one. I know I do somewhere, right? <laughs> there. You know, it's crazy, man. We, our bookstores, we have, we have Bibles for everybody now. Here in, this, I, don't, I don't care what you are. We have Bibles for women. We have Bibles for men. We have Bibles for teenagers. We have Bibles for plumbers. We have Bibles for you, pretty much whatever you do. There's a Bible for you. And yet we're so cavalier. Most of us don't even read this thing. And other people are giving up their lives for this. So what's missing? What's missing? I believe that there is an issue, okay, that needs to be solved. And that if we could understand this, you might love this thing as much as the people around the world, okay? So, I'm going to unpack one verse. No, two. I'm sorry. It's two verses today. Just two verses. Very popular if you're a Christian, but I'm going to try to unpack them and make them make sense to us, okay? It's 2 Timothy 3, 17, 16 and 17. I'm sorry. Here we go. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay? So that's what we're going to go after today. So here's the first issue that I think we need to wrestle with, all of us. Again, if you don't believe in God, or if you do, okay? The first issue we have to deal with is is the issue that's in our head. We all have an issue in our head when it comes to this book, okay? And here's the issue. (laughs) That all scripture is actually God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. What does that mean? Okay, now we've been going through this. How does God speak to us? What is the most, the primary way that God speaks to us? Anybody want to say it? What is it? Through what? Right, right in here, in our hearts or in our thoughts, Somehow we have thoughts and they come and that's why we're trying to, ooh, was that thought God? Was that me? He speaks to us right in here. What we've learned is he speaks to us through the ministry of the spirit. This was three weeks ago and we discovered again that when you become a Christian, the spirit of God actually comes inside of you. This is a spiritual relationship, right? So the Holy Spirit comes inside and what we learned was this, this ministry of the spirit is greater than what Moses had. All these Old Testament figures that we think, whoa, what a great thing they had. The Bible says, you got it better than Moses. (laughs) And we talked about Peter, James, and John. Those guys got to walk with Jesus. Man, it's not fair. And it's like, no, this is better than what those guys had. Because the Spirit's right inside of you. And he will speak to you. He'll give you thoughts. And so then we hit this verse. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
Okay? So the only way to know God's thoughts, the only way God's thoughts become revealed to you is through his spirit. So I have lots of thoughts this morning. You know, and, and here's what's interesting. You know what my thoughts are. Why? Because I'm speaking. <laughs> okay, you guys are very interactive today. Um, okay, so I'm speaking, and, that's, and what is a word? A word is a thought expressed. That's all it is. Starts here, and then once you speak, now it's out there so you guys can know my thoughts. What is the Bible? What is this? What you believe about this changes everything. Okay? Here's what the scripture tells. It is God-breathed. You know what's interesting? Try this. When you talk, guess what happens? Breath comes out of your mouth. Did you know that? Try to talk without any breath coming out of your mouth. Can't do it. Breath comes out when you speak. The word, this is so interesting. The word for spirit in the Greek is pneuma. And do you know what pneuma means? Breath. It means breath. So all scripture has come from God. They are his thoughts expressed through his spirit. It's God breathed. The spirit of God says, here's God's thoughts. I'm going to express it. And they become his words. That's how this whole thing works. So when the Bible's saying, you guys, this ain't just some book. This was God breathed. This was God's words expressed through his spirit, who's the only one who can tell us what God's thinking, so that you can finally hear from God. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 says this. Above all, you must understand. Okay? And here's the issue, because the issue's in our mind. So if you're going to be able to hear from God when you read this thing, you have to understand this. And here's what he says you have to understand. That no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What is this? Yes, did men write this? Yes, they did. They wrote this. But what they were trying to help you understand, but the way they wrote this is they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever pick you up and carry you before? <laughs> you know what's great? Yeah, the little people just rose their hand. No. <laughs> but when, you know what's crazy? If someone picks you up, guess what? You're going wherever they're taking you. <laughs> And that's what they're trying to help. So when these guys were writing, the Holy Spirit was carrying them where he wanted them to go, moving them, inspiring them to write down God's thoughts. That's what this is. And see, what you believe about this makes all the difference. Because if this was just a bunch of ancient dudes with their thoughts and opinions, then yes. Then you should just look at this and go, well, I don't like that, but I like this, but I don't... But if this is what it's telling us, that the Holy Spirit came, it changes everything. The problem in our head, the issue in our head is belief. And if you want to hear from God, 
through this book, the first wrestling you got to do is what do you believe about it? Because if it was actually inspired by the Holy Spirit, then this is pretty crazy. And people would risk their lives to get it. And people would risk their lives to help other people have one. Because once you hear from God, it gives you life. So, now, let me just give you an example here. Because here's in, in this, I, I especially just want to hit those of you who are here and maybe, like, I, I actually think that more people have a problem with this than with God today, to be totally honest with you. I think a lot of people who believe there's a God will go, I think there's a God out there, but this thing, that's, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying this. And so, uh, this is tough. How do you get to the point where you actually can believe that this is what it is? So I want to share with you a story. Erwin McManus, who's one of my favorite pastors in Southern California, he was speaking at a conference one time. And when he got done, he was sitting in this restaurant afterwards, and a a woman came up to him and said, hey, Erwin, she goes, man, I heard you speak. She goes, listen, I have been trying to figure out who God is, trying to discover if Jesus is really true. I need him so much in my life. And she goes, I just, I, would you please help me to discover him? And he's like, man, I would love to do that. He said, but I got to speak. You know, I got another session coming up. He goes, will you meet me here tomorrow morning? And she goes, I will. So he goes home and that night he's like, oh my gosh, this woman is so ready to receive God and get him into her life. He goes, I'm going to get her a Bible so that she'll have it. So they meet at the restaurant, and the first thing they do, they sit down, hey, how you doing? And Erwin goes, man, I'm so excited to meet with you. I just want to let you know that I got you one of these. I got you a Bible. And as soon, he said, as soon as he said that, she shut down. She, he could just tell her body language was like, no. And this guy is so astute. Immediately just was like, okay, let's forget the Bible, right? And then they just started talking. He said, well, it was so interesting. They had a beautiful conversation. And the woman came to understand how she could just freely not have to earn God, not try to be good enough, but could freely receive. He could forgive her of all that she'd ever done and come into her life. And she prayed to do that. And you know what he said? He goes, as soon as she prayed to receive Christ, you know what the next words were out of her mouth? She goes, now, where do I read in the Bible? Isn't that interesting? All you Christians, this was a huge lesson for me. Don't make this a stumbling block to someone coming to Christ. People are coming to Christ all over the world and they don't even have these. You don't need this. People don't need to get this and understand the Bible to receive Jesus Christ. Okay? That's not how this works. So you can just chill if people are wigged out by this. Y'all get that? Hey, and if you're wigged out by this, chill, all right? That's okay. But here's what I know is once you receive God into your life, the Holy Spirit comes inside. And if this is true, that the Spirit is the one who inspired these words, you know what happens? All of a sudden, the Spirit gets inside of you and he goes, oh, hey, hey, read this. This is good. And then people want to read it, all right? So the first issue you got to get over is just in your head. What do you believe about this? Is this just some dudes who wrote something? Is this the inspired word of God? Okay? Now, <clears throat> some of you believe everything I just told you. All right? And even though you believe that, still, when you read it, nothing happens. <laughs> you, you, you read the Bible and you're like, oh, my God, I got all I'm supposed to. 
Dave tells me I should. So you try to read the Bible and it's the most boring. You can't get it. It's so frustrating. Okay? So if you get it here, the next issue is right here. How can you read the Bible so that you actually engage with God? And now we got to talk about the issue inside of our heart. Look at this. All scripture, he says, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, as you look at these words, here's what's so interesting about all four of those things. All four of these things show that you have a deficit and that God has what you need. All four of these things, every time I look at these, I realize I'm missing something and God possesses what I'm missing. So, teaching, right? If, 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 if the Bible, actually, if the word of God actually teaches, that means there's things you don't know. If the Bible rebukes, that means you could be on the wrong path. If the Bible corrects, that means you could be wrong. And if the Bible trains, it means you're not ready. That somehow you're not equipped yet. Now, I want to tell you something, man. It takes a lot of humility to admit that you don't know stuff, I'm on the wrong path, I'm wrong, and I'm not ready. And so the issue, with, but when you come to the Bible, is you have to get to the place where you have a completely different mindset and because the, the problem in our hearts is humility. The problem in our hearts is humility. Why is this Bible not, why is it not impacting me? Why am I not hearing God? Okay, God, I believe this is, here's what has to happen. God, I believe that this is your word. I believe your Holy Spirit actually, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you, I'm going to believe that. And my heart is wide open and it's soft and it's responsive. And I'm going to, I'm going with whatever you say. Can I, can I just ask you, when you read the Bible, is that how you read it? Do you read it with this absolute humility of saying, man, I think this is God's word and I can't wait to hear it. And when he speaks, I'm just going to do whatever he says. See, I think this is how many of us read the Bible. Okay. Hebrews 4, 7 says this today. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart today. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And then it goes on five verses later in verse 12, it says this, for the word of God is alive and active. Now, what's really interesting, I almost, for, for a long time, I always thought whenever it said the word of God, I only thought it meant the Bible, okay? It doesn't. It doesn't just mean the Bible. It means anytime God speaks, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, okay, like we've been talking about the last few weeks, that's the word of God <laughs> spoken to you. But so is this. This is, since the Spirit actually carried along these writers, this too is from the Spirit of God. So, but here's what's happening. The Word of God is alive and active, is it? What in the, what in the, how, can the, how can something written years ago be alive and active? How? Because its origin is from an eternal God who's outside of time. Okay, so if these are actually God's thoughts, then he revealed them and God is outside of time. That means you and I are linear. The guys who wrote this lived like 2,000 years ago, but God was, he's beyond that. 
So it's alive and active because God is alive and active. He can take a word he spoke 2,000 years ago, and since he's beyond time, that same word can be active and alive to you this morning. And again, that's why many of you say, man, I feel like you were speaking right to me. Yes, he was. It's why sometimes you read this and it goes, smacks you. Why? Because it's alive and active. This is not an idea or opinion given by a human who is limited, right? In his geography or in history or in his finiteness. These are words from the spirit of God who's eternal, perfect, and omniscient. It's alive and active. See, and this is what most of, this is why most of you don't read this thing. And this is why I'm going to be honest with you. It took me years. I can't hardly miss a morning from being in this thing. Why? Because God speaks, man. I, come on. If God was speaking to you, wouldn't you, wouldn't you do anything if, to have God speak to you? Okay, no, that's okay. All right. When he does, it changes your life. Okay? So, but what does it do? It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. See, so what happens is when God speaks, what the word of God is, it's alive. And he says it's like a sword. And it goes right into the very essence of who you are. And when it says it divides even of spirits of, 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 of uh, I'm reading it here, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. What that meant for them was things that are like this, that seem like they're one. The word of God can actually go in between them and separate them. So when you have thoughts, the word of God is the one that can help you go. That's your thought. And that's God's thought. Does that make sense? It's the only thing that can come. It's the only thing that comes in and it judges your attitude. It lets you know, hey, your attitude towards that person, not me. That's not how I feel towards that person. You're off. I'm correcting you. Okay. And you can think, well, I'm justified in what I think about that person. And then you read the word of God and word of God goes, mm, no, that actually is selfish that actually is bitter envy, and that's actually demonic, okay? That's not me. God's word comes in and helps. It makes the judgment calls, and it lets you know, oh, my God, this is God, and this isn't me. But here's how almost every person reads the Bible. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and open this up, and I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to open this up, and I'm going to decide which of these things I think are true, and which of these things aren't. I'm going to read this and I'm going to go, you know what, that, that works for me. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, no, nah. Here's the question. Do you really want to be the final authority on ultimate reality? Do you? I'm Seriously, in your finite life, and in your capacity of your brain, when you approach this and you go, I'm going to be the judge on what's right and what's wrong, then you're saying you're going to be the final authority of ultimate reality. I tell you, man, that's a danger, I think for me, that's a dangerous place to be. So what is your heart? The issue's in here. What is your heart like when you hear the word of God? Is your first thought to analyze it, to question it? to decide whether it fits into the construct of your understanding? 
<laughs> can I, I'm gonna, I say this all the time here. Can I say it again? Do you really want a God that you can understand? Thank you. I mean, if you stop and think about it, if your pea brain can understand God, he's not worth following. He's only as big as you are. He only gets what you get. Don't you want a God who blows your mind? Don't you want a God who tells you things you would have never thought of? Don't you want a God who's actually revealing what's real? But if you come in and go, I'm going to decide whether this is true or not, then you are only going to, you're, you're God, actually. And so it's a matter, the issues in here. Man, I tell you. So Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, so when your heart is like, okay, God, what do you want to tell me? Well, then he teaches you something and you go, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. Guess what, just, guess what just happened? Your mind got renewed. And when it gets renewed, it actually leads to transformation. So you, you think this is right and you're tromping down this path and you read the Bible and he rebukes you. He goes, you're totally off on this one. Really? Okay, well, you're God. Okay. Guess what happens? Your mind gets renewed and you actually transform. His word corrects you. His word trains you. And then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Now, Susie, help me with this one. This is really important. Okay, guys, listen to this. That means, and I guarantee you this is going to happen, that when you read this, you will read stuff you don't like. How many of you read stuff in here you don't like? Okay? Everybody. You're going to read stuff in here that you don't understand. You're going to read stuff in here that you disagree with. And when you do... What's your heart like? And here's what I know. When my heart finally got to the place where I believed that this is God's word to me, then when I don't get it, and when I disagree with it, and I don't like it, then I wrestle with it. Then I'm going to figure it out. Then I'm going to go to people who know more than me and I'm going to ask them questions. What does this mean? Because most of the time, I just don't get it yet. I don't understand it yet. But I'm not going to lean on my own understanding and say, I'm sorry, man, that's great, God. I love most of this, but this stuff, I'm not buying. You can't do that if it's God's word and actually hear God. You got to be able to say, man, even if I disagree. <sighs> All right, I don't like this one, God, but I'm going to trust you. And I tell you what, man, when you start doing that, everything changes. I tell you, and here's what I realized. It's not only the person, like we were all enamored with Jamie Winship, right? He gets here and he tells us all these stories about how God speaks to him through his spirit and he does what God wants him to do and supernatural stuff happens. We're all like, yes. And if you know Jamie, that dude knows this thing. He lives in this thing. He loves this. And here's what I know. It's not just people who follow the spirit's voice through that direct thought, it's people who follow what's in here that see God do amazing things, all right? So amazing things can happen when you step out of the place of judge and you step into the place of faith and it's an issue of your heart. I, I, I know I need to move on, but I just gotta, and this is where everybody who tells me about my bad speaking, this is what they tell me not to do. So I'm gonna do it. 
<laughs> they say, Nelson, quit hammering home the point we heard you. But I'm going to say it one more time. So many of you are missing out on the adventure with God because you're still on the throne in your heart. Because you're still making the final decisions. And I can't even begin to tell you what could happen in your life if you would humble yourself and let God speak to you. Every time you open it up, every time you show up here to Sunday, every time you're in your Life Together group, just go, okay, God, you speak to me. I'm, hum I'm not trying to master you. You master me. And just watch what happens, okay? It'll change your life. Now I got to go through this last point really fast. The last issue is, right, because amazing things can happen if we could actually hear from God. But the last issue is our hands. I'm going to put it, okay, in the way. What I mean by that is this. We have the issue of our head. We have the issue of our heart, what we believe, our humility. And then we have the issue of our hands because all scriptures God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. So, yeah, go ahead and put that verse up because I just went through it really fast. Um, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, understanding is one thing, but Jesus makes this so clear. I say this all the time. He said, the wise man is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice. Okay, the foolish man is the one who goes to church, hears my words, and then doesn't do doesn't put it into practice. If you hear my word and don't put it into practice, then when the winds come and the storms of your life fall, they crash on you. Your life crashes. Your house that you built falls, falls apart. But if you took my word and you put it into practice, he says, it's so that you can actually be thoroughly equipped to do. Okay, so. The other reason you're not experiencing God is because it could be because you, you, this, this, but you're not doing anything with what you hear. It's the problem of our hands is action. Matthew 4, Jesus says this, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So he's, I love Jesus. He's so simple. You guys know this? Y'all know, how many of you know you need to eat? Right? You need food to live? Okay. He goes, great. You got that part down. Do you know this? Your soul can't live unless you get my word into the depths of your being. I have created this whole thing. I'm the only one who knows how it works. I'm the only one who knows you. So you live on every word. And that's why I just want to say, are you living, baby? Yeah, that was, sorry, that was kind of loud. But are you live? Are you alive? And see, if, if you're not, then part of what Jesus is saying, if you believe in me, if you take in me, then streams of living water flow from you. So if you're sitting here and it's your eggs, maybe part of the reason is you're not taking it and ingesting it, right? So it's food. You take it in, you receive it, and then it goes in to every fiber of your being and the nutrients get in and it gives you energy and it makes you alive and you can function. And God's word wants to get into your soul and into your mind and take all these dark, twisted patterns that make you think you don't matter, to make you think that you're not loved, to make you think you don't have a purpose, these lies that are inside your head and he wants to totally renew them so that you can live, so that you can be free, so that you can have fruit in your life. I don't have time though, right? Come, so, and so Jesus said to them, he goes, I have food to eat that you don't know nothing about. He said, my food is to do 
the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He goes, when I do, remember, so don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be re-transformed, excuse me, by the renewing of your mind and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And Jesus says, and when you do God's will, it's food to your soul. You know, 12 years here, I've said so many things about this thing. And you know, it's, I am learning one thing. Uh, not much happens after I speak. That's what I'm learning. I, I am. I just talk with people. and I, Because we'll go out of here and we'll go, I don't know. I know people are dying for this thing. And I know people are giving their life up for this thing. My challenge to you is, will you question what it really is? Wrestle with that. Will you humble your heart? And be receptive to what God wants to say. And then when he speaks, will you do it? And if you will, your life will change. Okay? It will. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to practice this. Okay? We're going to practice this. I don't have my sheet. Hold on. I'm going to take you through a a short passage of scripture and give you a chance to just practice hearing, believing, and then deciding what God is speaking to you about it. Okay. So, um, yeah, so let's just start. Go ahead and close your eyes. God, I just ask that even as I do this right now, that you might just speak to our hearts and move in us. Holy Spirit, we believe that you've inspired these words that through these words, we can actually know the thoughts of God. And if we can know God's thoughts and listen to them and believe them and follow them, we can live. So would you just, in this moment, in this quiet, out of your great love for everyone who's sitting here, speak. Just keep your eyes closed, and I'm just going to read this. And just as I read it, just soak it in, okay? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will never slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and 
forevermore. Okay, now we're going to read this together. Psalm is up on the screen. And as a community of people, with God's word through the Holy Spirit to us, let's read this together, okay? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Okay, now we're going to give you one last chance to read it. And this time, it's just going to be quiet. And you just read it at your own pace. And here's what I want you to ask God. God, what do you want me to know? about this. God, what do you want to say to me through this word? Okay, go ahead and just read it on your own. So when you kind of establish in your head and believe that God's word is actually from his spirit through men now to me. See, like when you believe that, 
then you can have an anticipation that God's actually going to speak. And so then when you read his word, band, you guys can be coming out. Um, when you read his word, then you can pay attention. And what's crazy is you'll read and thoughts will come. And so my guess would be that for many of you, maybe not all of you, because not every time do I read the Bible, I get grand revelations. That's not how it works. But when you read that way, you can find certain words that'll pop out to you, certain phrases that'll move to you. And those are the things that then I take, and this is what you can do any day of the week, is I'll write down that verse that popped out to me, that stuck with me. And then I'll just start to write, what does that mean? What am I learning about God? What am I learning about myself? How does that word fit my situation? For some of you in here, you need help right now. And where does your help come from? What are you going after? Have you ever thought that this God who's watching over you and then you just write it out and you, you meditate on it and you get it into your being. And then you can say, okay, God, that's what you want me to know. Now, what do you want me to do?